1: grace and peace to you and welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10.10. 10. And today we continue in a series called Master Plan and I've got a few questions for you. Has anybody ever told you to slow down? Are you always in a hurry? Do you feel guilty when you relax? You have to get sick to take time off. Well, as you discern God's master plan for your life, consider just being still, just breathing. Reallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry, then please do. There's a place to give at reallife.org. Today, is part two of the message called The Power of the Pause. It's time for Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: Our busyness may be the greatest enemy we face. And it is epidemic. In fact our creative team went to a couple different places and asked some different people asked about their work schedules asked about busyness asked about rest and how that worked take a look at their responses i think they're instructive how many hours do you work a week typically 45 hours on average usually
0: almost almost 40 every day 11 hours
1: every day yeah hours seven every day days a week in the office i work about 35 hours a week at home on weekends about 60 hours a week what do you do when you're not working but they might do a break yeah what do you do on your break shopping
0: my time off even then I'm, I have stuff I have to do run around with my kids grocery errands pay bills when was the
1: last time you got a significant amount of time off ooh planning for my wedding in Dallas And when was that oh, October of last year <laughs> and it was so, like two days it was on a weekend like- if you want to
0: consider my girlfriend a commitment and school like I probably have one evening from time to time when I was born I guess <laughs> <laughs> Last time I felt like I wasn't on some sort of treadmill-like scenario would have been so long ago, I can't remember that far back.
2: Can you relate? It's instructive, isn't it? Here's a quick test for you. Do you find yourself always in a hurry? I've told you before, I, I'm sometimes in a hurry when I know logically I don't have to be anywhere. Lori and I will be going out on a day just to hang out. I'm like, hurry, honey, let's get going, let's get going, let's go, let's go. She's like, we have nowhere to be. I know, but it feels like we should. Mmm, mmm. That's messed up. Is your to-do list ridiculously long to where you know you're never actually going to get it all done, but you still have it? You feel better just having it there. Has one? Has more than one person told you to slow down? You need to slow down. You feel guilty when you relax. You have to get sick to take some time off. According to a survey. Uh, done a few years back, 47% of Americans say they can last an hour at the most before be- feeling antsy about checking email, instant messaging, or other social networking sites. Of those surveyed, 46% said they could only make it one day. The remaining 7% said they could probably go a week without checking in. So 47% said they, it's an hour, 46% they can make it a day, 7% we can go a week. Okay, and those were Amish. No, I'm kidding about that part. (laughs) That's not true. But it is funny. Uh, Our fellowship of churches is big in Indiana, so I go up there on business every once in a while. You'll see these Amish folks. They got cell phones. They got the whole thing. It's like, wow, even the Amish. I used to hold them up, and now. Gordon McDonald, great author, communicator, I just think shares a lot of wisdom. Said this, he said, I'm of the opinion that busyness is a deeper threat to our soul than pornography ever was. Deeper threat to the soul than pornography ever was. Doesn't mean pornography is not a threat, but at least with that, we understand it's a threat. Busyness, we don't consider a threat. We, we wear like a badge of pride. I mean, honestly, after we tell someone our name, they say, So, how are you doing? Oh, oh I'm busy. Oh. It's like, Why are you out of breath? You were fine a moment ago. Oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm busy. Oh, oh, oh let's stop talking about it you're gonna have a heart attack I... seriously how how many times do you answer some how are you doing oh i'm busy it's like really but it's almost like we ex- it's expected we 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 are and we're proud of it and we throw it out there i want to suggest we have got to get off that treadmill Hurry is dangerous to our soul. Busyness is dangerous to our soul. Noise is dangerous to our soul. We have got to learn to pause. The power of the pause. A couple pauses that I want to challenge you with. First is, we need to pause for daily connection through prayer. We need to pause for daily connection through prayer. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. See, that daily pause to connect with prayer, that's in all your ways, submit to Him. That's what we're talking about. That's what happens in the midst of a time. See, we we trust in Him, not in our own understanding. We don't lean on the, the crutch of our own understanding. All, when, we, when we get to at that moment and get together with the Lord and we just bring our day before him in prayer, we're submitting our ways to him. And the scripture says, he will make your paths straight. See, that's what we're talking about, putting him, putting the master and his master plan at the forefront of our thoughts and intentions every day. Just that moment where we can disconnect from other things. And this is difficult, truly disconnecting. When we get alone with just the word, and just a time of prayer, just quiet and disconnect. Here's the problem. Um, I, not, not my phone, but my, but my iPad is, uh, is what I will typically do my, uh, do my devotions on. I've got some great study apps, great you know, just access, to some great Bible study resources. My journal is on my iPad. Here's the problem. <clears throat> my iPad is connected to the whole world. If I don't put it on like airplane mode... What's going to happen is I think the devil and like all your friends know, oh, you know he or she, so they're trying to get quiet and get with the Lord, and they start texting you. They start messaging you. You get notifications on everything. I mean, the, a big problem is you're, if, if you're using an electronic Bible, which a lot of us do, and I think it's great, but you better turn on airplane mode or shut the thing down because you have a browser on there. You ever been in the midst of like a significant time with the Lord and all of a sudden you kind of look something up and before you know it, you're like on a plumbing site. Why in the world am I looking at fixtures? What the heck? I don't even need any fixtures. Why am I here? You know, a regular part of my prayer regimen, of course, is praying for the Chicago Bears. You, we need this, you know. And so I'll just go and see what kind of prayer points the coaches have put out. You know, we got a new coach, a lot of stuff to pray for. Well, I, it's a real distraction. You find yourself going and like, what the heck am I doing? All of a sudden, oh, I'm supposed to be praying. Turn You you really, you have to, like, do not disturb, airplane mode, because it's so easy to be distracted. The whole point is to disconnect everything else and connect to him. Listen for his voice. Shut out all the others. Listen for his voice. I've told you discipleship is not super complex. Listen for his voice. Do what he says. That's the core of our discipleship, following Jesus. Listen for his voice through prayer and the word. Do what he says. Be amazed at the fruit that it will bring in our life. But it takes the time to disconnect. And and even, I got to tell you, even in our Bible reading, we can turn it into a competitive sport. We can turn it into a goal, okay? You know, I got to read through the Bible every year. And folks, it is a good thing to read through the Bible every year. That's great, but it's not the point. You need to know that. Before the printing press, Christians, who turned the world upside down, by the way, didn't even have Bibles. They had to go and gather together. They got the reading of the Word through the scrolls or through the letters that were there, and then they took that, meditated on it, and applied it. And I'm not saying we shouldn't read through the Bible every year. We do have printing presses. We do have access to the Word of God. What I am saying is if it's all about your goal, checking off your box, I exercise, I read my, my daily scripture reading, and now if it's just another discipline, you're missing the point. It's about connection. I'd rather you read a couple verses and the Lord speak to you through those, and then you wrestle those, and you pray through those, and you make changes in your life as a result of those And you let the Lord speak to you. I'd rather you take that time in prayer and have that scripture and now begin to look at the different areas of your life and go, wait a minute, God, I've got that meeting today. This scripture speaks to that. I'm going to change my approach to this meeting. Lord, I've got that trip I'm taking next week. This is relevant. I need to change my approach. I need to do something different. I need to add something so that we're meditating with the Lord and letting Him speak to us through His Word. It's not a competitive sport. It's not a goal. It's not just a discipline. Discipline's good. It does take discipline. But the whole point of all the discipline is to get quiet and connect with Him. And listen. Make sure that you're connecting with Him, pausing for daily connection through prayer. See, the master plan won't matter if you never pause long enough to look at it. Second, pause. Pause with a weekly reflection through Sabbath. Pause for weekly reflection through Sabbath. This is a tough one. Because I think in our desire to avoid legalism, we've thrown out a baby with the bathwater here. And I want to challenge us on it.
1: And this is when we take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Reaching for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church in this message called The Power of the Pause. The series is called Master Plan which is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org and while you're there, if you've been blessed by this teaching your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others. Just find the Give tab at reallife.org And Pastor Sean Azaro, now an author invites you to check out his brand new book. This is Reaching for Real Life Radio.
2: If you have your Bibles, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 5. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 5. I'm going to pick up at verse 12, but this is the accounting of the Ten Commandments, right? Okay, this is number four. Understand what is, goes before these next verses we're going to read. It's the Ten Commandments. We would all agree, kind of big, right? First one is, thou shalt have no other gods before me. It's really big. Second one, you should have no idols that stand between you and I. Make no idols, no graven images, no idols that take the place that only belongs to God. The third one is how we treat the Lord's name. His name is holy. Don't use his name carelessly. Don't use his name in vain. And then the next words after those three huge eternal commands, the next words are these. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, your son, your daughter, your manservant, maidservant, your ox, your donkey, any of your animals, nor the alien within your gates, so that your manservant and maidservant may rest as you do. In other words, it's not just for you. Everybody who's under your household, under your leadership. Remember, you were slaves. This is so significant. Listen to this. You, remember, you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out with a mighty hand and outstretched stretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. That is so huge. He says, You were slaves. Don't go, become slaves again. I'm not just a new taskmaster. You were slaves. Don't let yourself be entangled in slavery again. Remember the Sabbath. Remember to take a day and to rest before the Lord. See, that's what we do on Sabbath. We rest in the Lord. God worked six days and he rested. What do you think? you think God was tired? He's like, "Woo! I'm not doing that again. I'm getting too old for this stuff. No, that was not... That was not how God approached it. He didn't do it because he was tired. He's omnipotent. He said and there was. No, God rested on the seventh day to model something. He built rhythms into the very core of our calendars. The week had rhythm built into it. Work, 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 rest. Rest. Rest in the Lord. Psalm 23, 1 through 3. I love the way this reads. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. The thing that jumped out to me when I read it this time, he makes me lie down in green pastures. It's like with my grandkids when they come over and they got to take a nap. Okay, i got to make them lie down. And they're in there for three minutes. Am I done? I'm, I slept. I'm good. I feel like sometimes he has to make us lie down so that We can be led beside the still waters and so that our soul can be restored. He restores my soul. You got to understand all the busyness, all the stress, all the exhaustion, it depletes our soul. And Sabbath is a way for your soul to be restored. Sabbath is a day when we celebrate. The whole idea behind Sabbath is I don't move the ball downfield, okay? And people get kind of, Weird on okay, what it is. I had a great conversation with our staff because you, you want to know a group of people who struggle with observing the Sabbath, church staff, because their job is to take what is the Sabbath for a lot of people and facilitate that and help them to reflect and help them to reconnect. Well, then, when did they observe Sabbath? Good news is. The Lord's not legalistic about it. In fact, Romans chapter 14, Paul says, one observes one day, one observes another. There's nothing wrong. The, the Old Testament, they observe Saturday as the Sabbath. When the In the New Testament church, they began to meet together and celebrate and remember the Lord's day, the day the Lord rose. And Paul said, yeah, one observes one day, one observes another, that's fine. The point is to work into the rhythm of your life, rest. The rest of Sabbath, a day, where you say, I'm not going to make any more money. I'm not going to try to move this ball down the field. I'm not going to try to get all my projects done. I'm not going to do that today. I am going to rest. And you know, that's a, that's a relative word. And again, I don't want to get super legalistic. Some people go, boy, I really, I do yard work and I, I, I rest. That is restful and restorative for me. Well, I don't, I'm not saying that's a problem. What I am saying is, in the context of our profession, our goals, our projects, whatever it is, there needs to be that day a week where we say, Enough. And we stop, and instead of trying to get more, acquire more, we say, Thank you, Lord. We celebrate what He's done in the last week. We connect with our Creator. We connect with the people we love. We give thanks for those gifts. We let Him restore our soul. Sabbath is an opportunity for us to remember who's God and who's not. Really. Remember who's God and who's not. I'm going to break it to you. The world will not stop if you don't go to work. And you're like, oh, no, you have no idea. You have no idea what would happen if I took a day off. I hate to burst your bubble. But the world did fine before you were born. And one day it's going to do fine after you're gone. I heard a preacher describe it this way. He says, one day they're going to put you in the ground, they're going to throw dirt in your face, and then they're going to go back to the church and have potato salad. (laughs) The thing that killed me is I've been to a bunch of funerals. That's exactly what happens. He's exactly right. They're going to go, they're going to tell stories, they're going to miss you, and then the next day they're going back to work. That's the truth. And since the death rate is like hovering at 100%, it's true for all of us. So we better understand that reality and know, you know what? I'm not the one keeping the world going. Oh, if I took a day off, God would be lost. He wouldn't know what to do. Sabbath is a chance to remember that I'm not God. I'm not God. And I pause and I give him thanks. Folks, that sense of Oh, if I stop working, what will happen? That is brokenness, and he wants to heal us of that. And one of the ways he does that is through Sabbath. A good friend of mine, Steve Kramer, he was the president of Bethel College. He'd been out exercising, just jogging, came back, walking up his driveway like he did every single day, and he all of a sudden went down in the driveway. Turned out he had a significant heart attack. And during the recovery, which was, was long and slow, He was forced. God forced him. And you need to know, this is not some kind of driven jerk. This is a good guy. This is a guy who I consider a wise, godly man. But God spoke to him in that forced slowdown. And he began to speak to him about why he did some of the things that he did. Here's what he wrote. He said, I had begun to make my self-worth contingent on my production and others' opinion of me. Because neither was predictable. My self-worth was up for grabs every day. That's convicting. Sometimes our saying, we don't want to pause, we don't want to stop, is like, well then, what will happen? Do I matter if I'm not working? One of the truths of Sabbath is my worth is not equal to my work. My work does not determine my worth. No, my worth is based on the fact that I am... A son of my heavenly Father. He created me. We are sons and daughters of our heavenly Father. He loved us, and he loves us, and he created us for a purpose. That's where our self-worth comes from. If we never do another day's work, we are worth something. And some of us need to be reminded of that, and Sabbath is a regular discipline. You know how the tithe is a discipline to say, God is my provider. I trust him. The Sabbath is a discipline to say, my worth comes from my Father. It's not about what I do. Work is, work is a gift. It's important. It's a blessing. We're supposed to work. But it's not supposed to be where our self-worth is hung up in. And see, Sabbath allows me the opportunity to reconnect with the master plan. I get to pull the master plan out, his plan. Say, how am I doing? Where am I going? Am I going according to the plan that God's working in my heart, leading in my life? I get to look at his agenda, his priorities, his mission, and see how I'm doing. See, the beauty of the master plan, understand that, is it's not some driven thing where he's barking orders. No, no, he's the architect, but he's also the builder. It doesn't all rest on you. Look what Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. I love this verse. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. Another translation says heavy laden. Any you ever feel like that? All you who are weary and burdened, I will give you more to do. You want something done? Get, ask a busy person, because they'll get it done. That's messed up. I will give you rest, he says. And this is really interesting, because in the agricultural society, a yoke was about beasts of burden. But Jesus turns this whole thing upside down. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. So yoked with you, Jesus, I find rest. And he's, I love the phrase, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you'll find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there's such a key here. Learn from me. He's talking about rest. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You're like, what does that have to do with it? What does that have to do with rest? Is it possible he's telling us that, that my problem is my lack of gentleness and humility? Or let's say it another way. Could my unrest be a result of my forcefulness and pride? Oh, that's getting too close to home. I dare say a whole lot of my unrest is directly related to my forcefulness. I got to get it done, got to have my way, got to get it done in my time and my pride. What will they think if I don't? What will will that matter? Who will I be if I don't? I, I have to keep going, have to keep going. And Jesus says, no, no, learn from me. I'm gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The yoke that I'm inviting you to is easy, and the burden is light. Sabbath is a chance to just remember. Oh yeah, Jesus, I'm trusting you. Master plan won't matter if you never pause long enough to look at it. Last thing, pause for greater times of direction through intentional retreat. I want to just encourage you. Greater times of direction through intentional retreat just a couple days away. It doesn't have to be any big deal. A weekend, a couple days, get away and retreat. Remember this passage we looked at it? It's where we started because so many people were coming and going, and they didn't even have a chance to eat. He said to them, "Here's his word for us. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Daily time of prayer, weekly sabbath, and then a couple times a year take some time away and just say, "Lord, how am I doing?" What do you want to say to me? See, the master plan won't matter if you never pause long enough to look at it. And we live in a culture that is never inviting us to come away and pause, but we have a Savior who is. You're not supposed to be stressed all the time, you are not supposed to be exhausted all the time, you are not supposed to be empty all the time. See, the pause is about being filled in Him. And I want to challenge you, I want to encourage you as your pastor stop, rest in Jesus.
1: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in this series, Master Plan, it's available right now on demand at reallife.org. And while you're there, we'd appreciate your feedback. You can leave us a note on our Contact Us page. Or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Find that Give tab at reallife.org.